Emotional neglect in childhood means, among other things, that your parents may not have helped you develop a sense of self. They didn't get who you were and they didn't validate you. And I notice in the hundreds of letters I get a pattern where the hunger for recognition and validation turns into the very thing that makes you feel separate from other people, as if there's a wall around you and you can't get out. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Simone and she writes, Dear Anna, I'm 47, I'm a singer and fiction writer getting some acclaim in both fields by now, even though I started both music and writing relatively late. All right, I've got the fairy pencil, I'm gonna circle what she's telling me, and we'll come back, I'll, I'll circle what I wanna come back to in a second reading, but let's go through and see what Simone's got going on. She says, I come from an Eastern European country where I grew up with a father who felt quite distant, an over-controlling mother who rejected me quite a lot, and a sister eight years older. I was a cheeky little girl who wanted to sing to everybody, and this annoyed the heck out of my sister. This led to her hating me and secretly bullying me when we were alone at home during the summer months. My mother often didn't give credit to my words or got upset with me too quickly. As a child, I didn't realize it was all just a reaction to some other things possibly going on in her life. This went on until I moved out and got married, but all through my childhood and into my early years as an adult, whenever I overwatered a houseplant or felt too shy to translate the English tour guide's words to the rest of the family on a family holiday, she turned away from me, being a person who hates not being in control. She abused me verbally and shouted at me. For hours, she would ignore me while I cried my heart out, feeling totally confused in a foreign country. I can still recall the way she clenched her teeth at me and how scary that was whenever I did something that angered her. I find it hard to put these things behind me, even though now she tries her best to attend my concerts and book signings. Her general attitude hasn't changed. All of this led to my shyness and passiveness while being around other creative people, even as an adult. I would love to fit in with people I consider my crowd, but it's hard. It's the same when I do regular office jobs too. I see people giggling together, getting annoyed with each other, and then making peace, doing normal things that I'm not a part of. For example, the following thing happened at a recent stage rehearsal where I worked with some dancer friends. I looked at my phone and saw that my book got reviewed by a star critic. I opened the link and read the article. He loved my collection of short stories. This meant the world to me, so I wanted to share it with the others. When I did, the project leader and another lady started clapping frantically. The leader then asked me to say in a few words what was in the article. As soon as I started talking, her attention was drawn by someone else, who right away began to chat with the person next to her. So I quickly finished my sentence and stopped talking. Not that I wanted to be the center of attention too long. Even the frantic clapping bothered me. I just wanted to be heard, and yet I had to face that my news wasn't interesting. They didn't even listen out of courtesy. Even as I write this, I feel like crying. I even feel childish. The way I see it is, other people can speak up any time, sharing something funny or great, and the group gives a unanimous cheer. It doesn't happen to me. Am I too weird? I keep feeling this glass wall around me. Do I try to break through? Yes. I do cheer with the others. I do listen to them, even ask questions, but they don't reciprocate my interest. 
My parents were never violent to me, but I know that their attitude toward me was a kind of abandonment by itself. And I did grow up being slapped, spanked every now and then by them or my sister. Am I too sensitive? I really want to leave these issues behind and feel like an appreciated member of the groups that I'm part of, but the glass wall is real. All right, thanks for reading, she says, and that is Simone. Okay, Simone, I really feel for you. I, I feel like I've been in your shoes, and that's really hard, and I'm really sorry, and congratulations on your huge accomplishments. That's a big deal. I can appreciate that, too. So you're 47, um, singer and fiction writer, two totally separate spheres, right? Um, and you're getting some acclaim in both fields, so good for you. Good for you. And your childhood was this funky thing with these Eastern European parents, but you moved to some other country and your mother was over controlling and your father was distant. Kind of a not infrequent combination of parents that people here with CPTSD have. And this older sister who was a bully. Now I want to, I noticed something in your language where you said that you were a little kid who wanted to sing all the time, which is lovely. This led to her hating you. I don't think that's what led to her. I kind of want to help you like detach from your story. And I know like this stuff really happened. I know it did. But right now for you to get free of it, you're going to have to stop being so identified with it. You've had a chance to talk about it. I hope, you know, if you've gone to therapy, seen how far you can go with that. You're telling us here and I'm reading this here, like tens of thousands of people are going to hear your story about what happened here. So we hear you, Simone, and everybody in the comments, let her know that we hear her, that we hear her accomplishment and we feel the pain of this situation. But I'm telling you that your sister being a bully was gonna happen regardless of your singing talent. So I think there's this little equation that it's like too bad you have this like creative little bird inside of you <laughs> gets you gets you bullied and that's not the equation. It's you got bullied because your sister's a bully because your parents um, maybe couldn't be effectively parent her on that. They couldn't effectively protect you from that. Even the best parents end up with chaos. I just want to validate that. They end up with difficult children. Your sister sounds like a difficult kid. So your mom didn't believe you. She got upset too quickly. All right, your mom sounds to me like something's wrong. And I'm not trying to excuse her weaknesses in parenting, but I'll just say, I see a pattern there. She sounds quite depressed and frustrated at the very least. And you know, if your dad was distant, it sounds like she was lashing out at you guys all the time. I just see the pattern that you overwatered a houseplant and felt too shy, you know, and I, I'm just imagining that she had this, oh, why can't everything just get easier for me energy? So again, that doesn't excuse the, the weak parenting and the unkindness that she gave to you and the lack of attention, but it is sometimes a reason. It's not you. You did not cause it. You didn't cause it, all right? Something that I actually would give her props for is that she tries her best to attend your concerts and book signings. That's pretty unusual. That's a nice thing. And I, you know, if you still have a relationship with her, you know, I would just say thank her for that. That's nice. Her general attitude hasn't changed because whatever, she's ground down. She's been ground down and she is unlikely to change, but you never know. You never know, like as you begin to change, sometimes 
the most helpful thing that we can do for other people who are stuck is to heal ourselves. Our, our whole demeanor changes, our nervous system gives off different signals. It sometimes can be very healing for other people just to be around us. Other times, maybe most of the time, it, it doesn't change anything. It's they're gonna be them, we're gonna be us. And this is what I, this is the message I wanna come back to you, Simone, is who you are is not defined by her or how much she validates you or how much anybody validates you. The worth of you and the work you do, you're going to get so much of this validation as you did with the book review and invalidation as you did from the dancers. And a little bit, I'm like, you know, that saying where don't go to the hardware store for milk, don't go to the dancers for appreciation about the book review. <laughs> now, if you had been with a group of writers in that moment, they would have been like, you're kidding. You got a review from that person. That's amazing. But I'll tell you what, then some of them would have gotten jealous and distanced. you. <laughs> people are people. So your validation has to come from your own sense of inner power, your own mission, your own guiding light inside about what you're trying to do. When you really can bring that in and make your life about where you are trying to go and the good that you are trying to bring to the world, everything will shift around you. You watch, the validation ends up showing up because there's something authentic and real and generous about what you're doing. And there are people out there who are gonna benefit from it. When you're doing what you are meant to do, people begin to benefit. So a lot of times we're doing something we're good at or we're doing it with this um, hope that we're gonna get something that was missing in childhood. It's been, and I've, I've had a lot of accomplishments of that nature too. And they ultimately are disappointing. It never turns out like, you know, there were people who used to think I was stupid or no good. And the first time I published a book, I just thought, I showed them, nobody read the book, not even people close to me, you know? So <laughs> when my book comes out in October 24, uh, 2024, you know, I hope some of you will read it. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, the validation has got to come from here where I really wanted to articulate my vision for what the path of healing is from complex PTSD. So that's from coming from that place is where I want to tell you, you know, it comes from within. I've heard other people when they had to be the translator for their parents, that is a tough role. That's parentifying you. Sorry about that. Okay, so here's another spot where I saw in your language that you you believe that your limitations right now are directly because of what happened. You said, you talked about your terrible sister and your mom. You said, all of this led to my shyness and passiveness while being around other creative people. As an adult, I would love to fit in with people I consider my crowd, but it's hard. Okay, yes it is. Yes, it is. But this is your homework, Simone. Forget your mom. Forget the story. You've told your story. I'm not trying to say that the story doesn't matter, but it's not going to help you make this, this next step. Like you've become a writer, right? You've become a singer. You've accomplished this right now. Your barrier, the glass wall is your ability to connect with other people. So now is the time when the story is not about what your past was. That's not the reason for your problems. In fact, it may not even re matter what the reason is of why you feel limited with people, why you feel a wall around you. Just focus on what the path forward is. The path forward is, is to start warming up your social skills, to start warming up your perception, to have a place to take that sorrow about the support you never got, the, the advantages in childhood that are never coming back, but that you can have now. Now you can have them. This is what complex PTSD healing is about. A big part of healing 
is learning how to have connections with people. Because keep in mind that trauma in childhood can cause a neurological injury that makes it hard to connect with people. There's something going on there that's totally not your fault. No one could expect you to understand what it is, but we know it's there. A lot of people share this with you and we make progress on it by charting out a path that we believe will work to make us better at being friends and meeting people and networking and all those things that are involved and then sticking with it. You need good tools to do it and you need friends who support you along the way. Not these dancer people who aren't, don't care about your book. Like those aren't really your friends. That's something that CPTSD people do is we friendify strangers and we parentify friends and we're, you know, we're always sort of going into interactions with that big hunger of the thing we didn't get in childhood. So healing involves a certain amount of acceptance and grieving like you didn't get it, but now you're going to have a different landscape in your life. It takes persistence. It takes courage. It takes putting one foot in front of the other. You, it, you'll, it involves learning. You can learn a lot from YouTube, books, other people, TV even, about how to do people. And you deserve to have friends along the way who get it, who listen to you. My glass wall dissolved when I started having more suitable friends for who I was rather than trying to make do with people I didn't really fit with. And also I got out of situations that I felt so bad about that I had to kind of cover up what was going on in my life. My life was really dysfunctional. I was trying to come off as a normie. I was trying to hang out with normie moms for the sake of my kids, which was a good goal, but I honestly did never fit in. I had a lot going on. I had a background with a lot of pain. I was in and out of the hospital. So you might have things going on that you feel like you have to compartmentalize and cover. We all do. The friends who are really good friends are the ones who you can be yourself with, who can have a laugh with you, who sympathize when something hard happens. So you can find that. I'm always encouraging people, check out 12-step fellowships, check out any kind of group activity where people are focused on healing and changing their lives, maybe releasing their creativity, maybe um, developing a, a career as you are. People who share that with you and who are there for the purpose of sharing information and mutual support. You can also do that in the membership community here at Crappy Childhood Fairy. You can check that out. It's a pretty economical way to have both a community and the full set of fairy tools and people you can work those tools together with. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.